You're listening to the Savvy Citizen Podcast. I'm Adam Gobb. Today on the show, we're talking with Captain Jeff Phelps and Adrian Sanders with the LEAD program at the Gaston County Police Department. We're going to be learning what this new pilot program here in Gaston County can do for helping people that are dealing with addiction issues and why this is something that we're seeing a lot of evidence for making a difference in the lives of people all across the country. A major concert event is coming to Belmont this September. The legendary Marshall Tucker Band will highlight the Soundtracks Music Festival on Saturday, September 30th. Ben Chapman and today's Yesterday Band will get things started with other bands performing at Belmont bars and restaurants throughout the day. More information and ticket sales are available at downtownbelmont.org. Welcome back to another edition of the Savvy Citizen Podcast. I'm Adam Gobb, and I've got Captain Jeff Phelps from Gaston County PD and Adrian Sanders, who is the lead program coordinator. And Adrian, um, tell us a little bit about kind of how you came to Gaston County and, and what the lead program is. Okay. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having us. The lead program is Law Enforcement Assisted Diversion. So it's a national program started in Seattle, Washington, and there's been groundwork laid for several years to get this program brought to the Gaston County Police Department. So I've just been here about two months. I moved over from social services, so I've been with the county about 15 years, Okay, but just with this program for two months as we uh, get the program launched. We're looking forward to a lot of success, but what LEAD does is instead of law enforcement officers making an arrest when someone has committed a low-level, maybe substance abuse-related offense, then instead of going through the criminal justice system, they can have the option to move that to case management through the LEAD program so that uh, that individual can receive the services they need, like substance use treatment, mental health counseling, housing assistance, other types of assistance that they may need to address the underlying issues instead of going the route of the traditional criminal justice system. And, and Captain Phelps, this is something that um, before Adrian took on the position of lead program coordinator, this is something that you were working on for, for quite some time, correct? Yes. In fact, I picked it up. Um, our former chief, uh, Joe Ramey, laid hmm. the groundwork for the lead program starting in 2021 uh, with applying for a federal grant and writing policy and so forth. Um, he was looking for someone to take over the program upon his retirement. So i Stepped up to volunteer for that. It was a big interest area for me as well. I, uh, you know, with the whole premise, you can't arrest your way out of the opioid epidemic. Right. Uh, this is our way of being part of the community. So I, I took that on, and I was lucky enough to bring on Adrienne here. She's been a, a great addition to the program. Well, and this is something that. In looking at some of the opioid presentations that have been made in the in the community, I mean the the amount of fentanyl that's coming into our community over the past couple of years and the increase has just been startling. Yeah. I often use the word staggering um, and startling. Uh, it's, it's never, it's amounts of drugs that's never been seen before uh, in, in the history of the department or our special investigations unit. You know, fentanyl was even part of the conversation prior to 2020. Uh, so the whole entire, you know, equation has changed with, with the drug scene right now. Um, you know, just looking back, you know, in the early 2000s, we were dealing with 
prescription, you know, big pharma opioid sure. problem. And then when the restrictions got placed on those and then heroin made its, you know, appearance in our community. Um, and it obviously was a problem, uh, but we weren't seeing the massive amounts of heroin like mm -hmm. we are fentanyl. And that has completely changed the, the landscape here. And it's, it's increased the dangers as well because heroin was often just heroin. Um, people seeking out heroin knew what they were getting. Right. Um, fentanyl is different because fentanyl can be disguised as other drugs. Uh, it can be mixed in with powder cocaine. It can be a counterfeit pill, um, something that might appear to, to look like a stimulant, mm -hmm. you know, like Xanax or Adderall uh, can be 100% fentanyl and the person taking it is completely unsuspecting. So DEA.gov uh, has a lot of information on, you know, these dangers and they, they coined the phrase, one pill can kill. Yep. And those four words mean so much when it comes to counterfeit uh, fentanyl pills, because literally anyone getting their hand on this pill and they don't know what they're taking, it can kill them. Well, and to be clear about the, the lead program, like this is something that is being offered for people that are users, not dealers, correct? Correct. Yes. So Adrian, if somebody is, is what sort of qualifications does a person have to have to be considered for the lead program? Okay. The officer is going to use discretion at the point of contact, but it is going to be someone who is nonviolent. Mm -hmm. It does need to be, if there's an offense being committed, it needs to be victimless or have the victim's consent there. It, it's usually going to be someone with a very like low level offense where sure. substance use is, is kind of the background there where there are those issues and where it seems that treatment and services may provide the information that the individual needs to maybe remedy some of those underlying issues so that they're not committing the criminal offenses. This is not someone who a lead participant would not be someone who their drug-related drug offense is for profit. This is not someone who's trafficking. The person may have enough to deal just to support their own habit, but this is not someone profiting in the drug industry. This is not someone who's a violent offender. This is someone whose criminal interaction is, or criminal action is based more on their substance use. That makes sense. Um, so this is obviously something you were the lead program coordinator, but you can't do all of this yourself. So I assume that there's a lot of different partnerships involved in terms of like once you get people into the program and then you're, you're directing them to different resources. Absolutely. So we do have two case managers that are part of the staff and, you know, we can't provide, like you mentioned, we can't be the ones providing all the services. We're not subject matter experts in each of those issues. So we do have partnerships and some of those organizations have been part of the, the groundwork that's been laid um, since it was kind of started back in 2021. So some of those organizations, we are partnered with Olive Branch Ministry. It's the harm reduction organization. Our offices are actually right next to them. So LEAD is a harm reduction based program. So that's great to have that resource right there with us. We also partner with Alternative Community Penalties. That is, um, they are, they also do restorative justice and cornerstone 
uh, center. So they will be doing clinical assessments for us. We okay. have Phoenix Counseling at the table, the Gaston Controlled Substances Coalition, and, and many other partners. Nice. It, this is something that um, it, it seems like there's been a number of different initiatives. And, and Captain Phelps, you talked about um, the, the work that former Chief Ramey did. How does this tie into um, drug court? Because that is this part of that program or th did these kind of run in parallel? They're completely separate programs, okay. um, but they're they're both tools right. uh, to, to help people that are experiencing substance use disorder. Uh, the folks in recovery court are oftentimes they have longer criminal histories. Okay. They might have a little bit higher level types of crimes uh, and they're already in the, you know, uh, court system. Gotcha. Dealing with the charges that they've, they've had. So uh, it's just another way of trying to divert them out of the situation they're in and, and into the same services, similar services that we offer. Well, I saw something fairly recently that the DA and a lot of different folks are, are working to get a veterans court going as well. So it seems like there's just, there, there are a lot of different initiatives that are happening to help people um, that are dealing with substance abuse addiction and, and, you know, maybe the veterans court is not always substance abuse related issues, but it seems like that's going to be primarily what they're talking about there. Correct. Yeah. Uh, again, now's the time. Uh, Gaston County and the district attorney's office uh, is doing a wonderful job at being proactive and finding the different tools uh, to help the citizens in our community get on the right path. You talked about Chief Ramey getting a grant back in 2021. So what is, what's the lifespan of the LEAD program? Is this something that is kind of like a, almost like a pilot program or, or what does this look like for, for the police department? So it's a, th Three-year grant uh, is what it is starting out as. Uh, is a $1.3 million three-year grant. Um, the expectation is to apply for a continuation uh, of that grant for another three years. Um, it, it's our goal to have this a permanent program. Um, whether that is utilizing grant money or it's funded by Gaston County, uh, but we want to continue to expand the program throughout the county and allow other law enforcement agencies to provide participant referrals and and also social referrals from you know with the community stakeholders that have you know basically boots on the ground that are in contact with these people that can get them into these programs. Adrian, you talked about this program being started in Seattle. Um, for some of the cities that have uh, done this longer, what what are some of the successes that they've seen? Okay. Um, we do actually have several programs in North Carolina. Hmm. Catawba County has the lead program. It started with the Hickory Police Department and expanded to other departments in their county. And Fayetteville also has the program. Actually, um, the case managers and I were there yesterday to learn uh, about their program and, and how it how it works and, and how they make it successful. So it's fortunate that we have some local resources to help us so that we can make this successful, so that we can get that grant continued and keep providing the services. The other thing is there are there is a national support bureau for the LEAD program. Um, a lot of them are based in Seattle, but we're very fortunate the director of that actually lives in the neighboring county. She's in Charlotte. And so they are coming to, to help us in two weeks. Uh, 
to get some support. Uh, we have some activities with them to help us make this successful. Well, and that's a perfect transition to kind of um, talking a little bit more about that event. So you guys have an event coming up um, September the 7th? Yes. And what can people, where do they need to go, what time, and what can they expect from that event if they're curious about learning more about the LEAD program? Okay, well, our community forum is scheduled for Thursday, September 7th. It's at the main Gaston County Public Library in the auditorium from 9.30 until 11 in the morning. Uh, we will have, it, Captain Phelps and I will be there uh, speaking, as will the director of the LEAD National Support Bureau and their director of policing strategies. Hmm. So it'll be a way, it, it's going to be truly a forum where there's question and answer sessions. So we're going to explain kind of how the program got here explain that the team, the National Lead Support Bureau, that their team is going to go into more of a deep dive as far mm. as what the lead program is. And then we want to go over how the community can support that program so that we can make it successful because there are ways that the community can support that. But we want to know or we want everyone to know that the resource is available, that we are trying to help people, not just incarcerate everybody, especially when they have issues that are calls, you know, leading to that criminal contact or criminal offense, we want to make sure that the people know that the police department is trying to help people, not just punish. And if I might add, you um, asked about the successes of the program. Yep. So uh, in Seattle, uh, one, of the, one of the later uh, statistics they released was the lead participants are 58% less likely to be rearrested after they have spent some time in the lead program. And that might be objective to some people. That might not sound like a huge number, mm -hmm. but when it comes to harm reduction, um, you know, the philosophy behind harm reduction is helping one person at a time. You know, you, you help that one person, you move on to the next. Um, so to, to have 58% of your participants not being rearrested, that's actually a pretty substantial number sure. uh, and a good success rate. So we obviously look forward to um, hopefully having those similar successes here in Gaston County. And I, I think that's going to happen because we have a community network of a lot of good stakeholders who have the, you know, the same end goal in mind. Uh, and again, you know, the Gaston County government and the district attorney's office is hugely supportive. Um, and of course with our opioid settlement, uh, funds, mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's a, really big help as well to, to get some of these programs um, underway. And you talked about kind of the, the success rate that, that is seen in Seattle. When trying to implement it here, would it just be folks that are basically coming in contact with Gaston County PD? Or if somebody was, in, you know, and you're arrested by Cherryville PD or Belmont PD, could they potentially qualify for the program? Or is it just kind of folks that touch your department? The, the initial scope is um, the, tr the training for referring lead participants is through the Gaston County Police Officers. Got it. Uh, we, we, we have trained the entire patrol division as well mm. as school resource officers, um, just so everyone's trained. Uh, but we, again, we want to expand that. We want uh, to provide training and resources to other municipal uh, departments throughout Gaston County as well, uh, make sure that, that that's an option they have. Question for, for either of you, but what does it look like to go through the LEAD program as a participant? Is there a certain time frame? Is there 
Are there conditions that are kind of placed upon the person? Like, you know, if there's any sort of drug use that happens while they're in there, like they would revert back to the criminal system? How how does that work? Well, I'll take that one uh, to start with. So this is not a you start on this date and you finish this date. There is actually no completion date Hmm. for this program because it is using harm harm reduction principles. We meet the person where they're at literally and metaphorically. So some people are going to be ready to jump right into treatment. Others may not. They may have a lot of issues that they're dealing with uh, and basic needs have to be met first. So if someone has no stable place to lay their head, if they have no ID, if they have no social security card, or maybe they are needing to apply for certain public assistance benefits, Hmm. we may be spending a lot of time at the beginning on basic resources before kind of moving through some of the other things and services they they need. So participants are going to go through an assessment and they will have a case plan, but it is not a, you have to do this by this date or you're removed from the program. We actually have a group that meets biweekly to discuss the participant progress. That's going to include law enforcement, the case managers, peer support specialists, the DA's office to make sure that someone is you know, truly using the resources that are available to them, but it's not a, oh, we couldn't find you for two weeks, you're kicked out. Because people really do need the help, and it's not always a very linear process. Sometimes people are going to, you know, have a few bumps in the road and things that sure. happen. And we are not an abstinence-based program. Okay. So if someone is still using, they're still eligible to get the help. It, it's not always as easy as, I want to quit, therefore... It's done. Right. Anybody who's tried to lose weight or stop smoking or stop drinking, it's not always a straight, easy path. And so we definitely want to work with the individuals to meet them where they are and help them as they're ready for that help. Given the resources that you have available, is there kind of a number of folks that you can help at any one time? Do you, or is that a little bit of a kind of it varies depending upon how much work each individual takes? It is recommended that case managers not have any more than 20 participants at a time. So we really are hoping to help about, you know, 20 individuals. That's kind of our grant funding is set up to allow for that with the funding. But obviously, certain people may need more resources than others. And so if we can accommodate, we are happy to. We don't have a cap on the the capacity right now. But that's one of the things that biweekly group would talk about, that if we've got the ability to take in more people, then certainly we want to do that. But we don't want to take in more than what we can truly provide the resources for because for sure. we don't want to overpromise and then underdeliver. That would not be what we want to do for the, the community. I know you guys have just started this program. Have you have you actually begun the process with anybody going through the LEAD program or is that still a little bit down the road? We are ready to launch. We okay. are uh, The officers have the information to refer participants, and so we are waiting to get started with our participants. So we've been working to build that resource guide, know how to, to help everybody, and so we are waiting on referrals right now. Um, we do have, I mean, referrals are coming through law enforcement, right. uh, but we do, not everything is going to be a diverted charge. Okay. We can have officers make social contact referrals hmm. so that if they have been interacting with someone who there's not a criminal offense, but this is someone who needs help. They're they're kind of a frequent flyer through the, you know, through the system. It could be that they already know some, some people who would be eligible. And so it doesn't always have to be a diverted charge, um, but we we do want there to be law enforcement contact as it is a law enforcement assisted diversion program. 
Anything else about the LEAD program that I didn't ask about that you thought would be kind of important for the listeners to know? I'll say there's a Duke study done by Duke University that evaluated four of the LEAD programs in North Carolina, and it does show that the program is successful. It helps people. So this is something that it's not just a program that we're like, eh, we're going to take a shot and see what happens. There's proven success with it, and we want to be a part of that so that we can help this community um, and not just watch other communities help their citizens. Something that came to mind, Adrian. you talked about your, your time in social services. This seems like kind of a natural fit, having worked in social services to come over to a program like this. But what kind of attracted you to the position itself? Well, before I went to social services, I actually worked in the prison system. Oh, wow. Okay. And so and then obviously with social services, having to go to court, mm-hmm. you know, and, and interact that way as well. So just I think it's important, like, like Captain Phelps said, we can't arrest our way out of this. And, you know, when people are using substances and it's really affecting their lives and then you know custody of their children is taken there's just so many different um effects of the substance use and we we want to do what we can to try and help people because truly it's just a domino effect it affects you know health it affects families it affects economic situation it just affects so many things that instead of just arresting and, and pursuing criminal justice you know, remedies, if we can truly help people so that everybody's a productive member of the the society, that just works better for everybody. And that's, it's important to be a part of that. 100%. Well, Captain Phelps, Adrian Sanders with the LEAD program. And one last thing, there is, you mentioned kind of the, the, acronym at the beginning, but there's almost like a, a second acronym to it, right? Because like when you look at the logo, like it, it's not just the law enforcement part of it, right? That's right. It is let everyone advance with dignity, which, again, that's a harm reduction approach. We really want people to be successful and, and do it as they're ready to. So it's lead law enforcement assisted diversion, but lead let everyone advance with dignity as well. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you both so much for being here. We wish you the best of luck in terms of implementing the program and, and changing the lives of, of people here in Gaston County. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. It's the bell of the ball for fall in Gaston County. That's right, Cotton Ginning Days returns. Happening this year, Friday, October 13th to Sunday, October 15th. There's a kids' county fair, live music, local vendors, and of course, the Cotton Gin will be returning all weekend long. Come out and join us at Dallas Park where the food is always good and parking and admission are free. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Savvy Citizen Podcast. It's produced by the Gaston County Communications Office with hosts Janet Schaefer, D'Andrea Bradley, Elizabeth McGee, and Adam Gobb. Joshua Braswell serves as executive producer, and Gavin Stewart serves as field reporter and producer. Please like us and share reviews on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Next week on the pod, we're talking to some of the winners of the Manager's Award here in Gaston County, talking to them about the Cold Weather Shelter as well as Hope Fest, which is coming up later this month.